Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Cal Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, aloha. Sol here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. One of the things that I bring to the table for Pay Me What I'm Worth, and correct me if I'm wrong, Marsha and everybody else, is the experiential aspect of what we're doing. A lot of programs are what I call quantitative, meaning they present you with data or information, then they present you with some sort of tool that assesses whether or not you've absorbed what they've given you, whether that's a test or an essay or and an exam or a license or, I mean, it's a very quantitative input-output sort of system, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Nowadays, school system, that education background, one of the things I think so much of it is it was called No Child Gets Left Behind. But what it really was <laughs> is it used to standardize the school system's curriculums across the nation even more. So what that meant was kids weren't learning. They were memorizing and regurgitating, then seeing how fast they could get on Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and, so, and Twitter. <laughs> One of the things that I've experienced for myself in my own education, I don't think that I got educated at least formally, I mean, really felt like I got what I paid for until I was doing master's level work where I was literally getting an assignment and the assignment was apply this piece of information. Apply it. Do something with it. Take action. 
that whole experience of getting an education and being an educator could have a lot to be desired from me personally. Mm-hmm. I always have steered myself as an educator toward if I can't give you some usable tool, some usable skill that you can turn around today and get a positive experience from, gosh, I think I, I, haven't, I haven't taught you anything then. I haven't given you what I, right. what I profess to be able to give you. That's kind of how I view the education process. The concern that I have goes back to what I still am concerned about, Marcia, with team seekers. Analyzers! Analyzers! I need to analyze. I need quantitative data to analyze. What if this? What if that? And traditional models of education need analyzing. They need quantitative scores. They need to... Have I made my point? (laughs) (laughs) I really beg you all, what is it that's strapped your explorers into such a tight, gagged, bound, hidden away? What's going on, folks, with your analyzing and your exploring? And are you afraid to explore? Is that what's... Marcia, when you first started to recognize that your analyzer was controlling your life to such a degree where you were basically analysis paralysis, what did you do to let your explorer out? To let my explorer out? Yeah. Here's how it worked for me. When I went into your website, I went exploring. I listened to all the people that you interviewed. It put me in such a mode of, wow, Listen to what these people are saying. It made me want to explore. Your website has something to do with opening it up for me. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything that I discovered, it was all about exploring. It put me in that action mode, and I said, oh, I have to share this with other people. I just have to let other people know about this. It was. When I went exploring in the website, that's what intrigued me the most. I went exploring. (laughs) And every web guru has told me my website sucks because (laughs) it's not analytical. My website sucks because, A, I give too much information. B, it doesn't have a direct call to do something. C, the measurements. I don't keep stats on my website. I let all of that go. I used to have... Google Analytics and this and that, and I could track this and that, and I could track the moment you logged in. I could track everything you were looking at. I'm going, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I'm analyzing people that I'm telling to be explorers. Can I buy more hypocrisy, please? Here, let me sign up for more hypocrisy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that hurt. Oh, that hurt so bad. Oh, that, that stung my pride. Oh, the knife. Oh. <laughs> Interesting, huh? <laughs> oh. I got to practice what I preach, and it's all too easy for me to drop into causality because A is or is not happening, B will or will not happen. One of the joys that I have with Marsha is Marsha went to that. <laughs> this is happening. 
Now, how it's going to happen, I don't know. Let's go. (laughs) I sure did, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. Step one, I tell you, in step one of chapter three, why are you worth it, is go out there and find three people who are either doing what you love, you want to do more of it, or did what you loved and you would like to do more of it. Now, my first question to each of you, roll call time, what do you love doing? I'd have to say I want to keep enjoying this and doing this. I want to keep doing this. I also want to keep playing my guitar, doing my karate and stuff. I really love to do this and my YouTube show with Kareem. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Chris, you love exploring yourself, kind of learning and growing, yeah? Well, yes. Well, I appreciate your sharing that with us, Chris, because you're giving us the gift, Chris. I don't know about anybody else, but when I'm in a very dark situation in my life, it's easy for me to just simply fall into depression. It's easy for me to pull the covers over my head and just say goodbye to the world, hoping that the sun will come out at some point in time. But when I let my explorer out, when I get silly, I mean literally silly, when I let my explorer get silly, for an example, sometimes when I'm feeling really down and feeling depressed, and I trot out my explorer, my explorer and I go, what would this sadness look like? Would it be a male? Would it be a female? Would it be an animal? Would it be a bird? Would it be a fish? What would it look like? Give it a physical characteristic. And then once we settle on a characteristic, sometimes it's all of them. A head of a bird, a body of a bear. And we start getting curious about what's holding the attention to this sadness. I have found that the more curious I get and the more exploring I get, the more I realize I can let it go little by little. Kareem, what do you love doing? I would have to say my main activities are doing the personal development, doing the entrepreneur power hour, connecting people together, I guess making business connections. Second would be playing heavy music. I go to Toastmasters for public speakings and working on computers, which there's quite a lot of people in my new jobs. Those four things would be my main interest. Sounds like a yummy mix of internal and external, kind of a balance between the two, which is tricky to do, isn't it? I'd say so, yeah, because some are right brain, some are left brain. So it makes a kind of interesting idea that certain people will only exist in that. Like I know a lot of people who are really good on the computer, maybe where I work, they won't necessarily get into weightlifting or athletics or playing music. I know a lot of people that are real big into the other. If you give them something analytical or you say, like, help me design something on this website, they might have some difficulty. So it's really balancing the feminine and the masculine energy, the right and the left brain, and trying to create something out of yourself that's not defined by one specific trait or another. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's that balance word again. Rick, Cheryl? I love to surf. It doesn't matter what day I go down to the ocean. I always catch waves. So I'm trying to transfer that intuitive, whatever it is, into business. 
So whenever I go out in business, I would meet my goal. Twice I went under the ocean and I didn't catch waves in seven years. It seems like other parts of my life, I'm not catching as many waves as I would like. That's why I'm taking this class. I love to craft. Doesn't matter what kind of crafting, pretty much any of it. My favorites are painting, acrylic painting, like a folk art type stuff, making signs. I also like to sew is another one of my favorite things to do. I feel that they bring out the best in me because I can get into them. It just makes me feel good. So it's safe to say, Cheryl, you love capturing and sharing beauty. Absolutely. Yep. In my photography, too, yes. Yep. And Rick, is it safe to say you love being in a synergistic flow with power? Yeah, absolutely. I can't think of anything more powerful than the ocean. <laughs> Lightning. Well, lightning's good, too. That's true. You've experienced both of them. There's that power thing. <laughs> okay. You get back what you put out, bro. <laughs> uh, yes, you got to be careful. Note to self, when walking with Rick, carry a lightning rod. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> David, what do you love to do? More than anything, I absolutely love to to give a skill or a talent of mine to somebody else in a way that really helps them to feel good. I love feeling and giving in life. So you love teaching and you love learning in equal measures. Yeah, in equal measures. That's it. Kind of like a ever upward floating teeter-totter. Yeah. That motion is really awesome. <laughs> okay. Marsha, we're getting some pretty strong themes with team seekers about their loves. We'll get into that in just a minute. Before we get to Marsha's love, Mr. Carl, what do you love doing besides tweeting? <laughs> what do I love doing? My number one thing that I love doing is getting up in the morning, getting myself motivated, because that's the hardest thing to do is to get up in the morning and to get my mind into a, a state where I want to do something, because oftentimes I, I don't. I push myself over that limit so that I can get out there. One of my major things that I do is I love to please other people. I love their expressions. I love their attitudes when I express myself to them, and I'm hoping they'll open up to me as well. Yes, one of my biggest things that I like doing is to please people, whether it's having a get-together with people with food or, or just a get-together of socialness. I just love to be social. I oftentimes find myself going downstairs just to sit there, and as the people are walking into the store, I just need to learn to focus that socialized ways so that I'm not irritating other people, but yet coming across in the right way. And that's why I'm here. So I can figure out what is wrong, why I'm coming across in the wrong tone or manner or what have you. That's my take on it. Well, it's fair to say that while you love being of service, Carl, it's also fair to say 
you love watching the results of that service. True? Most definitely. I love it when other people are just won't do something for somebody else, and I say, you know what? I might be handicapped, but I'm going to be first in line because that's the way I want it to be. I don't want to leave this world where people remember me for a dollar sign. I want them to remember me for something that I've taught them, as David just said, more or less, in so many words, he enjoys teaching others, training others, as I do. I enjoy watching the expression on their face when I say, here, this is yours. It just had to be a real nice present or whatever, and watching the smile come on their face, I kind of get off on that. (laughs) I understand every time I sense a light bulb in any of you flickering on, Marsha has illuminated me so many times that I think my cheeks are in permanent smile. Miss Marsha. Yes. What I love doing. I love exploring myself. I love imagining being with my kids, having a weekly outing with them. I love doing projects with others. I love getting together with people online in some form or manner. I love helping out nonprofit organizations. I love chatting with people. I love talking with people. I'm a Yummy. people person. Yummy. So with these thoughts in mind, experiential exercise time, sheet of paper, something to write with. If you need it, go grab it. And while I'm stalling for time for you to have a sheet of paper and a, something to write with, whether that's a crayon, whether that's a candlestick, whether that's a <laughs> pen, I don't care what you're going to write with, but find something to write with. In the center of the paper, as you've expressed what you love doing, pick one of those things. Pick one of those things that you love doing, write it in the middle of the paper, and draw a circle around it. So as you have that item in the center of the paper, circled, what you love doing, your assignment for the next seven days is each day, Draw how you could do what you love doing. Write down one other way you can do it. For example, I love teaching. I love to be able to, like David and Carl and others, I love to be able, but I can also teach by just being me. So I'm going to write the word being and circle it. Another way to teach is to listen. Teach myself. So I'm going to write the word listen and circle it. So for the next seven days, I invite you all to get more of a 360 perspective of what do you love doing because we can do it in so many different ways. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we're going to allow our analyzer a little fun. Our analyzer can get in there and plop words on it, but now, now, you're going to have to let your explorer loose because everything you write on that page, you've got to explore it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to explore it, whether that's reading a book, watching a movie, listening to a lecture, 
finding a DVD or a, an on-demand streaming of something, explore the yellow pages, explore the community college, explore your neighbor, explore your navel if you have to. <laughs> Explore it. One of the most beneficial relationships I have in my life that I hold near and dear was because I got hopelessly lost in a foreign country where after I tell people where I got lost, they look at me like, and you're still alive. You're blessed. (laughs) But the short story is, is as I was exploring, as I got hopelessly lost, I met one of the most profound teachers. To me, it was that teacher magnetizing me to her. I was ready to meet her. So I was ready to get hopelessly lost. And what she has taught me in my short amount of time here on this planet, it would take me lifetimes to share with you all. But it's because I allowed myself to go exploring. Greatness. Someone once told me, we know more about what's above the waterline on our planet. We know very little what's in the depths of the ocean. Marsha, is it fair to say that the pay-me-what-I'm-worth journey that you've been taking, is it fair to say that I've asked you to put on your diving gear? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, I don't think I've gone diving as deep as I have until pay me what I'm worth, ever. Awesome. Everything before was always on the surface. Now I'm really diving. <laughs> Don't know you're, what I'm going to find, but am diving for sure. Inner self, Marsha. That's what you're finding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Rick, Cheryl, one of the more fascinating things that I discovered in myself when I first moved to the Big Island of Hawaii is I explored the art of allowing. The natives of the island all coalesced kindly with a twinkle in their eye, and they said, Soul, some of the biggest lessons you're going to have here on the island is you've got to let go. You've got to let go of planning. You've got to let go of trying to control stuff. you just got to let go and let Pele plop in your lap what you need when you need it. And the moment I started allowing that actually to happen was when I fell in love with the island. What about you guys? I came here with $5 in my pocket and a surfboard in 1979. I was starving on the beach until I allowed the locals to teach me what the hell was up (laughs) in this life. I am a born explorer. More than most people in my exploring mode, I'm analyzing the crap out of everything. (laughs) I'm looking around. I'm doing this. Oh, that's that's plopping here, plopping there. I live in a plop-in-your-lap world. I always have. You can ask my wife. It drives her insane. What you're talking about, that's my life, okay? I don't know where my next Mm -hmm. meal's coming from most of the time, my next bill going to be paid, any of that stuff. It always comes to me. I always have enough. I'm tired of having enough now. I want it all. I want more than enough. And that's why I'm here. 
I want to figure out what's missing. I absolutely agree about the island energies. You have to go with the flow here. No matter what you think you're going to do, the island will show you what it knows you're going to do. (laughs) So, yeah, you just have to let go, live, know that everything's going to be okay. I'm bringing up this allow issue because we, team seekers, would not be happening if it weren't for the allow energy. You, A, allowed yourself to take Marsha's call. Marsha allowed herself to push past the analytic and go into the explore mode. Serendipity and synchronicity is the magic for Chapter 3 when it comes to finding teachers. Throughout your process, by becoming more aware of how you can do what you love doing, how I love what I love doing, but becoming more aware of the many different ways it can happen, I open up the field of teachers exponentially. Does that make sense? Yes. As I ask each of you to open up to different ways of learning, whether that's through a person, a book, a CD, whether that's through enrolling in some sort of class and taking the yep. class, right? Yep. David, how many different ways do you think you could do what you love doing? I've got 20 already. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I mean, here's a real unique one that I wrote about, my invisible counsel. My invisible counsel of teachers. Who would I want in my invisible counsel that I take with me to bed every night? and that I ask the big questions of before I fall asleep in these great masters from present and past. I get to invoke their energy. That got me really excited today. <laughs> well, that was just one way of portal explorer. Gosh, they don't even have to be real. I can make them up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, and here's another one that came up for me. Recently, I took a picture with my stuffed Snoopy doll. It had some real significant meaning for me because the happiest times when I was a little boy was when I was playing with my Snoopy. And I wore him out. My mom had to sew his head back on. <laughs> I wore him out. And now my daughter, Rachel, a couple of years ago, grew up for Christmas, surprised me with a new Snoopy. <laughs> and Snoopy is one of my teachers. Yeah, that's outside the box. I love it. <laughs> Snoopy is one of my teachers. These infinite books, infinite audios, I have just all kinds of audios and all kinds of meditations. Here's the paradox of which I'm purposefully putting you all in. One of my most favorite ways of teaching when I was doing corporate instruction, on the very first day of classes after I got done introducing myself and setting up something rather unique to begin with, I point blank told everyone, I said, at some point in our training, I will purposefully sabotage something so that you will fail. And I guarantee you what you learn by digging yourself out of that failure, you'll probably remember what you learned about doing that more than all the other training that you're going to get here. (laughs) The paradox that I'm going to give you about blowing up 
the ways that you could do what you love doing, finding people who can help you learn it is much like a kid in the candy store. You could walk into this absolutely Costco-sized store of options and go, where the hell do I begin? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Answer, explore. What feels right? What the heart. Who are those people that are so in alignment with what you want to do? Who do you sense is like a brother or sister from another mother? Who do you get this innate feeling? Rick was commenting about the fact that he's able to go down to the sea and catch a wave practically every day he goes down because he's listening to his intuition, which then leads me to my next topic perfectly. As we get into step two, page 51. Step two, once you identify some people that you're curious about, that you would like to interview with, it's time to get in touch with your relationship with your intuitive side. Marsha, on a scale of one to ten, if you were to rank how much you trust your intuition on a scale of one to ten, one being you kicked your intuition to the curb years ago, that sucker has failed you so many times you don't even listen to it, Or is it a 10, you love it, you adore it, it's spot on, and you know no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, it's always wise to listen to your gut. How would you rank yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 when it comes to your intuition? I am going to rank myself as, I will play it safe and say 9. I'm listening to my intuition more than anything else right now. And is that happening because you're trusting your explorer more? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Carl, what's your score? I'm going to go for the infinity number, number eight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Write that number down. Number eight, intuition scored for today. Everybody write your numbers down because we're going to have a little baseline check on this. David, what do you score your relationship with intuition? I would give it a seven. Mm -hmm. Any particular backstory to that? I really give it a higher score than a 7 at this point. It would mean that I've got some work to do on releasing the analyzer to the ether. Yes! Yes! Wise man. All right, Miss Cheryl, what's your score on your dance with intuition? I guess it kind of depends on what it is. Uh-oh. You know, what subject it is, like with my daughter or with Rick or something like that, I have pretty good intuition. If it's on things that I really don't know that much about, gosh, it would be a little bit different. Probably an eight, I guess. Are you aware, Cheryl, that you just pinpointed the bridge between your analyzer and your explorer? <laughs> no. <laughs> the bridge is trust. To trust yourself more to know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The analyzer kicks in when you don't trust something. Oftentimes the unknown, we like to think that it's best not to trust it. True? Yeah. True. You want to extrapolate a little bit there? I guess if I don't really know something, then I will start questioning myself and stuff that explore away and get back into the analyzing mode so that it 
kicks my intuition out, I would guess. <laughs> Bingo. Spot on. Now your analyzer is going, oh, shit, the gig's up. <laughs> Two people, there's a lot of different because I have different intuition than Cheryl does. I'll say like exactly the opposite of her, what her intuition will be. So it's sort of, she'll see the opposite of what I see or not anything at all, and I'll have to explain it to her. It goes vice versa, too. Oh, I score mine. I mean, if it's combat, I'm real intuitive, all right? But if I'm talking to a business guy and he's trying to sell me some bullshit, I mean, I might not be as intuitive with him. I'm not sure. Yeah, you'd buy it. He's not buying anything, okay? It took me a week <laughs> to her about paying me what I'm worth. But my intuitive sense said, whoa, wait a minute. Look at this. It's very unconventional, and it will work. You listen to your gut when it comes time to go for surfing, right? Yes. Where am I going with that? Well, you can do it in business also. In surfing, you get your ass kicked, let's just say. In business, you lose money and time, okay? I'm used to getting my ass kicked. I'm used to getting back up. just have to be more trusting, just like you said. So I'm saying 10. There you go. Excellent. Explorers. Our conversation tonight around, have I, for fear of beating the topic to death about explorers, is it abundantly clear, team seekers, I'm begging and pleading you all to let your explorers come out and play? Oh, yes. (laughs) My pets definitely do love to explore, and I love watching that. They play with each other and... Who has a pet that analyzes? Does anybody have a story around a pet that analyzes? <laughs> I'm waiting. I've learned a lot in this call about exploring and analyzing. Never realized I overanalyze things, but I don't comprehend them as well as I do, but I continually do it. I never realized I didn't do a whole lot of exploring. That's where my major downfall is. I don't take the time to explore things. I've learned a lot about that in this call. Perfect. You know, that sounds like me, Carl, when you say that. I don't take the time. I don't feel like I have the time. I feel like, well, I have to get something done. I don't have time to figure out how to do this or that. I just have to go and do it. feel like I'm just the same way you are, Carl, in that respect. My problem is, is I have ego issues. I don't even realize I'm doing them when I start saying, oh, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. It's like I'm a robot. I got to hurry up and get these things done. That's the first thing that throws me into left field is I'm too busy analyzing to explore. Great, Carl. That's, so now you have like discovered a... the difference between exploring and analyzing. Exactly. Please? If you are willing to take time to explore, you will be amazed at what pops in your face when you are willing to do that. Most definitely. If you don't take that time to lay down the analyzer for a little bit and do some exploring, you won't learn anything. And that's where I've got myself into that mess all the time. Oh, I've got to analyze it. You know what? While I'm analyzing it, I didn't get anything out of it because I didn't really explore it first. Well, we're talking about learning. Now, 
let me just put it to you in another perspective. What about exploring yourselves more to also exploring a connection with others? Since we're talking about connecting, connecting with the people that we want to connect with, that's another thing that we want to explore. Who is out there that you want to connect with? Do they have the passion or the skills that you're looking for? Connect with them. You never know what's going to happen. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha.